0: Visit AscentEquityGroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: When you form a partnership, make sure every little detail is signed. You know, make sure everybody understands the roles Everybody understands who's doing what and and what we're expected to get out of it.
2: Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Uh, Just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fun That Flip, you know Fund that Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of FunNat Flip and they're a sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market... Sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre approval line of credit from Fund That Flip, and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you gotta do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've gotta qualify that you have prior experience, and there's a process but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need a short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to Two million dollars. Best ever, listeners. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. We spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. And if you haven't gotten the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever book, Volume One, then go pre-order it. It's new release in Amazon.com. Just search Joe Fairless in Amazon. With that being said, let's dive into it, my friend. How are you doing, Alex Franks? I'm good, Joe. I'm good. Thank you for having me.
1: It's a blessing to actually be here and talk to you and speak to folks.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, my friend, and thanks for joining us because we've got a lot to go over based on your experience and a little bit about Alex's experience. He's the principal of Bowler River Developments and co-owner of Premier Investments of the Carolinas. He's got 17 years of experience. He's closed over... $15 $15 million in both single families and commercial deals in multiple states. He's currently building 500 turnkey homes in North Carolina and South Carolina. That's going to be completed in about a year from now. He's setting up to build 5,000 turnkey properties in five states in a five to ten year period. He's based in Rock Hill, South Carolina, With that being said, Alex, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Sure. You know, Joe, I got into this business in 2000. I got into it as a wholesaler.
2: I was a personal trainer.
1: I got lucky. I got into the business. I think what I do now is I give them all the what not to do in real estate is I've made all the mistakes through the years. You know, as my business progressed, I went from wholesaling, I went to turnkey. I jumped into apartments, you know, condo conversions, multifamily. And it's really I've had my ups and downs through this business, and here we are now. At the end of the day, I let the market tell me what we're going to do and what we're going to focus on. And that's kind of what's brought us where we are today talking to you, you know.
2: So you let the market tell you what you're going to do and what you're going to focus on. So there's two schools of thought. One is to let the market tell you what you're going to focus on. And then the second is to focus on one type of asset class, whether it's multifamily storage units, single family homes, et cetera, and then just tweak your strategy within that asset class based on the market. Why do you choose to let the market tell you what you focus on?
1: God, Joe, there were so many good questions in there I could spend hours on. I always tell folks, uh, 2009 to 13 was an incredible time to purchase turnkey product. You know, most of the product was scooped up. It's not there. As I tell folks, the market basically dictates what we're going to do. Years ago, I tried to recreate the wheel. There's a lot of very successful people in real estate, folks that have been on your shows and others. They're not recreating their wheel. They're doing what the market tells us. For me personally, there's a supply and demand. There's a heavy demand for turnkey rentals, and there's a very little supply of really good quality, high-quality AMB assets. And then uh, naturally the market tells me it's cheaper to build than buy, so I follow what the market does.
2: When you look at the demand, what statistics or what source do you look for whenever – I mean you just said there's a lot of demand for turnkey rentals, not a lot of them. Where do you find that data?
1: You know, Joe. I'll be honest, I'm a very simple person. I love how everyone comes on with the stats and and numbers. Here's what I do. I go to California and I go to the different RIA groups and I see 90% of the folks are buying out of state. I do a lot of speaking in New York, New Jersey, Boston, same markets. I go up there. Their entry points are so high. We're in the southeast. It's just a cheaper entry point. At the same time, two markets in North Carolina rank as the top places that folks are moving to. So I do listen to a little bit of that stuff, you know, and I just look outside. I tell people, go to Charlotte on any given day. Look at the growth. So, you know, again, everything speaks to us. You just got to listen.
2: So the people in California investing out of state and finding where people are moving to, neither one has to do with actual supply and demand. Perhaps California that you're being priced out. But as far as other markets go, I don't think unless I'm missing it. It has to do with actual vacancy rates, occupancy, new starts, absorption rates, that sort of stuff. Do you look at any of that?
1: I'll be honest. I'm a very simple person, you know, and I look at all the stats. I look at all the numbers. I do look at supply and demand. I look at there's not – again, the hedge funds. For me personally, I look at Charlotte, and I just use my little market per se. When the hedge funds came in and purchased over 7,000 units one company, I knew there was a heavy demand, but there was a lack of product. So, you know, it's a niche we look to fill. At the same time, I also look at stats of folks moving here. The amount of folks, Charlotte was right number three as one of the top cities for folks moving. So I know the rental demand is going to be there. And that's a little bit of what I look at. And again, I, I try to keep real estate as simplistic as possible.
2: When you take a look at some of the different ventures you've done from wholesale to turnkey to condo conversions to multifamily to now development. What has been the biggest, biggest flop?
1: Uh, the biggest flop was when I owned my own rentals. Again, this goes into so much more. You know, I got greedy. I refinanced. I pulled the money out. I tried to jump into the million-dollar properties, you know, during the rehabs. if Most folks recall Jumbo Loans was the first to go. The second biggest flop, though was really I didn't have a strong enough team around me. I can look at all the different projects, the good and bad, and it really came down to the team that I had at the time. I think having a very powerful team is the most important thing any one of us can do in this business.
2: Who are the five team members that you've got that are closest to you from a professional standpoint?
1: Well, I have Lindsay Jarvis, who's actually – he's our New Zealand partner. He owns 50% of the company. He's really taught us so much. I have my local partner, Kevin Burrell. I have a, the lady that we use, Debbie Hooker. She's the number one or two in all of South Carolina on the retail side. We use a commercial guy, Brian Tuttle, who's actually number one ranked in our market. So I tell people these are four. Now, the other person, I'm going to bring up his name, and I think 90% of your show will know him. I use Steve Bighouse. He's one of the best mortgage lenders out there for turnkey investments. He's ranked in the top 1%. So, you know, I look at the strength of the team we built now and I use one company that basically sells all our property and it's Wealth Accelerator. They, they do it. They do all the sales I'm building for them. So I guess it's six really strong people or teams I'm associated
2: with. What is your responsibility in the group? You know,
1: I do a lot of capital raising. I do a lot of speaking. I'm out doing a lot of education, but mostly on the capital side. I stick to that.
2: With your team doing the development of 500 turnkey homes right now in North and South Carolina, who's responsible for overseeing that?
1: We use track builders. We use the big. We use McGinn Homes. They're guys, they basically come in, they build the houses for us, they oversee it. You know, I see the properties because I make marketing material, but we have somebody in place for every aspect. You know, the company that builds, they're over the property. The company that sells, they're over the sales. We basically build the teams and make sure the teams, it flows, everything runs.
2: So you work with a home builder, and they build, and then you work with a brokerage, they sell it. What is your team's role? We basically
1: own it. We own the product. You know, We, we own the whole thing. Joe. We, we're the guys building it. We're basically supplying the one company. We oversee the building. We oversee everything on it. And at the same time, we're introducing multiple states with a product that's it's just not out there.
2: Okay, so your team's actually buying the land and then contracting the builder to build, right?
1: You said it better than I could. <laughs> okay, got
2: it. When you look at the, the project that you're doing right now, the 500 homes, what type of risks do you see knowing that you've got the a lot of experience in the peaks and valleys of real estate?
1: Joe, I think the biggest risk for all of us is always going to be property management and the rental market. I don't think we're going to see a market correction anytime soon in the South. We've never gone up that high. At the end of the day, you're still relying on tenants to pay for your investment. I always tell people I love leverage, but I love to accelerate debt to pay down the asset as soon as possible, because then you're taking that risk factor away from the tenant or whatever the market conditions, whatever happens. You really don't have to worry
2: at that point. How much money have you raised in your career? I'd say we've raised
1: close to 15 to 17 million, depending on how we look at things. I've raised it for 102 unit apartments. I've raised private capital for years through my turnkey business. Even everything we're doing now, I mean, we have a lot of skin in the game, but we still raise capital. And I think it's based on experience, showing folks the project letting people see what's going on, and it helps having a pretty long track record in this business.
2: You mentioned you have a lot of skin in the game. How much does your team invest in each project?
1: We have over $2 million invested in the lots. The next project we're about to do is 52 lots in Salisbury, North Carolina. We own the land outright. We purchased it, which we try to make sure we purchase the land. So we own the land. The track builders use the money. They use their money to build the homes, so it's a pretty unique situation. But we're raising more capital to buy more land. So we always have skin in the game. I'd say if you wanted an accurate number, 25 to 30 percent at any given time.
2: Okay. And they, the builder uses their own money to build the homes. So I suspect that they have equity ownership in each of the deals?
1: No. What happens is we go into second lien position. They use their bank credit line. These are pre-sold turnkey rentals. These are basically being sold before we break ground. So their credit line is what they're using.
2: What have you learned when you're raising money for the 100 unit apartments?
1: Ah, what did I learn? God, there was so much, Joe. Somebody said I was foolish. I gave away 50% of the profit to a UK group, and you know everyone said I was foolish.
2: How much did you I, have in it? We
1: purchased it for 350,000. The rehab was 3.2 million. At the end of the day, the project sold for a little over 8 million. The project was sold through the UK channels, through Chinese investors, Hong Kong investors in the European market. So it actually wasn't sold here. What I learned is, one, when you form a partnership, (laughs) make sure every little detail is signed, you know, make sure everybody understands the roles, everybody understands who's doing what and what we're expected to get out of it. At the same time, I've learned that, you know, I like multifamily. I wish we would have kept them as apartments over condos, but I also know that for me personally, as I'm building Turnkey, I'm looking to buy apartments on the other side. I think apartments are the way to
2: go. Just going back to that 100-unit example, you said you gave away 50% of the profits. How much money did you, you or your team have in the, the deal in terms of percentage-wise?
1: Oh, for that, we actually purchased the It was uh, 350,000. We purchased it outright. You know, It was me and my local partner. We purchased it. It was a shell, and then we were just going to flip it. It was right after 2013, after the hedge funds came in. They pretty much decimated the turnkey market. So. We were looking for a project, and, and again, a great learning experience because I've never done a project that large, 102 units. I was thinking just my old mindset, wholesale it, just flip it for 400000 450000 Instead, we had some partners come in, and we wound up rehabbing it. It was between 2.8 and 3.2 was the total cost. We leased it to a local limestone college for five years, which they released to the students. It took about a year and a half of my life, but Joe, it was such a learning experience. A great experience for me as a person, as an investor, and understanding numbers a little bit better as well.
2: So you all bought it for three hundred and how much?
1: Three hundred and fifty thousand.
2: Three hundred and fifty k. How much was the rehab? Three
1: point two.
2: Three point two. Did the group that came in, since you and your partner owned it outright, the three hundred and fifty, did the group that came in, did they finance all the rehab? The three point two. Hundred percent. Okay, and then you split the profits with them fifty fifty. Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, cool. Just wanted to get a sense of those numbers. Alex, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: You know, I was sitting here this morning writing this down, and I looked at it all. I said, there's three things. I think you've got to have goals. You've got to have a plan and a vision for this business. Otherwise, you're just going to chase things wildly. You need to surround yourself with the strongest team possible. A lot of folks, and I was one of them. I'm guilty of it, thinking I knew it all. Well, you surround yourself with an incredible team. And three, don't get greedy. I've gotten greedy, Joe, and it's cost me a lot in this business. I've made a lot more mistakes than most. Greed was the killer. Thinking I know more than I actually did. And again, not having that powerful team around me, you know. It's okay not to be the smartest person in the room.
2: You shouldn't be, right?
1: (laughs) No, I've learned. I've learned that me, I'm actually the most unintelligent person in the room and I have a bunch of smart people around me and I'm going, look at what's created. and It's also very humbling at the same time and you have to humble yourself and go, hey, sometimes you need to actually listen and bring people in and and let them run the show. It's okay to take the back seat sometimes.
2: How do you identify the right team members that you need to have?
1: You know, synergy. We just had somebody that came in and it was phenomenal. She was bringing money to the table. She was bringing land to the table. But I could see every time we sat down, everyone in the room scratching their head, pulling their hair. And I'm going, you know, you have so much to offer, but the synergy wasn't there with everyone else. So we just, you know, and everyone go, man, you turned away money and lots. But I'm going, if, if there's not that synergy within the team, if, there's no longevity in this.
2: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Man, let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at Sensefinancial.com. Best ever book you've read?
1: Oh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich.
2: Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it?
1: I had a gentleman who was 83 years old in California who was passed on. Sat me down, said, Alex, you can be a Fortune 500 president any day of the week. The day you learn to listen with your ears, not your mouth. (laughs) When was that? That was in 2011. He was one of the greatest people I had come into my life. He passed, he had an accident. I would fly to California and wherever I was from San Diego to Santa Barbara, he'd drive his little car and come see me. I used to have conversations with him on Saturday nights. When he passed, his daughters, there was three of them, they did not know who this guy Alex that he kept talking about. He became a good friend, but a real strong
2: mentor in life. best ever deal you've done?
1: Oh, I'd have to say the project we're doing now, 500 turnkey units in 12 months is a pretty solid project. Lofty goals.
2: How much are you needing to raise for that?
1: Right now, everything we have, we're fully funded. We're opening up another project, 96 lots in Charlotte, and we'll probably try to raise $1.2 million on that land.
2: Now, knowing that your primary role is to raise the $1.2 million, how do you approach your plan for raising that? What do you do?
1: I speak at a lot of RIAs. I educate folks on real estate. I educate folks on what not to do in real estate. I tell folks, listen to all the mistakes I've made. You have an incredible book out, and I can't wait to read it. My book's gonna be what not to do in real estate, and I would spend a lot of time educating folks. Secondly, I tell people, this ain't a sales pitch. Listen, come down and see what we're building. Come and see the product for yourself. Then if you think it's a solid investment, by all means, you know, hey, we've got a great
2: opportunity for you. How do you get those speaking gigs at Ria's? I disappeared
1: from 2013 to 15. When the the business went down, the turnkey, the headphones came in. It it took a lot out of me physically, emotionally. I just stopped speaking, I stopped talking, which was what I did. Now that I'm back, uh, bigger pockets has really helped me. A, A huge amount is getting my name back out there. Experience, getting my name back out there, educating folks. You start to see your name bounced around. People see you crawling back out, you know, and they're going, hey, listen, are you you interested in coming to speak at our group? Are you interested in coming to speak at our group? And I'm not going to turn down any of them. It's just rebuilding that brand, having a strong name and letting folks know you're back
2: out there active again. What's the best ever way you like to give back?
1: I want a community garden here on the reservation. I have this big vision of a community garden. I see the kids working with the seniors, the seniors teaching the kids how to can. The people that don't have work on the reservation, they can work in the garden, they can get food from the food bank that we'll fill up. We'll get two of the local colleges involved, You know, which is Clemson and Carolina, for anybody that does know about football. And I just see this big project in my head that my wife knows in the next three to five years, I'd like to accomplish that.
2: What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Not keeping my word. I
1: was too smart for my own good. And not keeping your word or missing something. If so, you know, you tell somebody you're going to be there at eight o'clock, be there. If you say you're going to do something, do it. To this day, I'm repairing my brand and my name because of the mistakes I made. Make sure if you say you're going to do something, as little as you think it is, that you do it.
2: And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you, Alex? I keep it simple.
1: I actually tell people, here's my cell phone. If you're really interested and you want to hear about Charlotte or talk to me, call me on my cell, 803-370-6189. I'm pretty transparent, and if you're interested in the Charlotte market, fly down, have a cup of coffee, grab lunch with me. more than happy to show you around.
2: Well, Alex, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with best ever listeners and talking about many different aspects of real estate because you have experience in many different aspects, but uh, really focusing in on the lessons learned along the way. One of them is always keep your word, and as even as small as it looks or appears to be, if it's just showing up for meaning at a time that you say you're gonna show up, do it. That has a compound effect, I know for sure. Another thing we talked about is raising money and how you approach it, how you focus on RIAs and you focus on speaking at different locations and you don't turn down a speaking engagement as long as you're able to make it in time. And thanks for the offer to educate any of the best ever listeners on Charlotte, North Carolina, which is in your backyard and really appreciate you sharing your time with us and your advice. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Joe, thank you again, and congratulations on the
2: book. Thanks a lot, my friend. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's s-e-n-s-e-financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com.